James and John, the sons of Zebedee, approached Jesus. Master, they said to him, we want you to do us a favor. He said to them, what is it you want me to do for you? They said to him, allow us to sit one at your right hand and the other at your left in your glory. You do not know what you are asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup that I must drink? Or be baptized with the baptism with which I must be baptized? They replied, we can. Jesus said to them, the cup that I must drink, you shall drink. And with the baptism with which I must be baptized, you shall be baptized. But as for seats at my right hand or my left, these are not mine to grant. They belong to those to whom they have been allotted. When the other ten heard this, they began to feel indignant with James and John. So Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that among the pagans, their so-called rulers lord it over them, and their great men make their authority felt. This is not to happen among you. No, anyone who wants to become great among you must be your servant, and anyone who wants to be first among you must be slave to all. For the Son of Man himself did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. I wonder whether you're ambitious people. Do you have ambitions in life? Do you have big ambitions? When I was young, my ambition was to be a rock star. I have failed in this ambition. And I think probably some of the younger ones here probably do still have big ambitions. The ambitions to change the world. Apparently Theresa May, when she was little, said that her ambition was to be prime minister. Or maybe there's a future prime minister here, maybe in the altar servers. But often as we get older, we maybe get a little bit less ambitious. We start measuring what we feel that we are capable of achieving. We become maybe a little bit more tired and a, a little less idealistic as well. But it's good to have ambitions. Ambitions drive us. We want to be more than who we are. We want to do more. We want to change the world. Now, that's a good thing. It's really important to be ambitious in Christian life. It's good to be ambitious to be a saint. Because much more important than whether one of us here one day becomes prime minister. Maybe one of us here will one day be proclaimed a saint by the church. How amazing would that be? That somebody from our parish 
was proclaimed a saint by the Pope in Rome. And you know, when you're, when you're proclaimed a saint, usually people refer to you not by your, like, your first name and surname, but by the place that you come from. So Mother Teresa, when she became a saint, people started calling her Saint Teresa of Calcutta or Saint Anthony of Padua, because Padua is the town where he's from. So if one of you becomes a saint, you will be Saint Maria of Forest Gate, Saint Thomas of Forest Gate, Saint Linda of Forest Gate. And we could have a statue of you in, in, in the chapel. And we'd burn candles in front of that statue and we'd all pray to you. It would be fantastic. You could maybe even have a church or a school named after you. Because when the Pope proclaims that somebody is a saint, when we canonize somebody in the church, the church is saying, this person lived a truly incredible Christian life. They lived a heroic Christian life. This person was ambitious, ambitious for greatness, and they made it. It's possible to make it. It's possible to become a saint, to become a hero of Christian life, is within your reach. That's what the canonized saints tell us. There are many more saints in heaven than just the ones that are canonized. The ones that are canonized are there to, to be a reminder for us that it could be you. You could do this. You could live a heroic Christian life. Not just a mediocre Christian life. A heroic Christian life. And that's it's not just true of young people. That's the big difference between ambition and a career and ambition in Christian life. Because with ambition in a career, if you want to be prime minister, or you want to be a brain surgeon, or you want to be a rock star, like I did, you have to start young. And you have to work hard every day of your life until you make it. You can't start having an ambition to be a brain surgeon when you're 60 years old. It's too late. It's too late. You won't be able to put in the hard work. With the saints, it's different. You can be a saint because everyone has got that possibility with God's grace, with God's help, to live a radical Christian life. Not a mediocre Christian life, but a heroic Christian life. I don't know if you've ever heard of a saint whose name is Blessed Pier Giorgio Frassati, an Italian saint. He was a university student, not particularly brainy. He just liked sports a lot. He was really into sports. He really liked mountaineering and swimming and th this kind of things. But he just decided that he wanted to live a radical Christian life to really live the Christian life. And so he got involved with his local St. Vincent de Paul group in Turin and he started visiting sick people. 
And he died very young because he actually contracted polio whilst he was visiting a sick person. And when his, when his funeral procession went out of the church, there were thousands of people lining the streets. And his family didn't even realize that he'd been doing anything exceptional. Saints like that show us that it's possible. It's possible to live this heroic, radical Christian life. The problem is that that's something that's easy to dream of. You know, lots of us dream of greatness. Lots of us dream of, of becoming heroes. You just have to look at the number of superhero movies that you've got on. There's a new superhero movie every 25 minutes, it seems. It's coming out in the cinemas. And we all dream of doing something incredible with our lives. James and John in the gospel today, they come to Jesus because they're dreaming of doing something incredible. They're dreaming of glory. They're dreaming of sitting next to Jesus in heaven on the left and on the right. But they're a bit like young men who like, dream of becoming maybe soldiers or firemen because of the glory of doing such a brave job and, and all the respect and esteem that they will get from others in the community. And they'd love to get their photo in the newspapers. But Jesus says to them, to James and John, can you be baptized with the baptism with which I must be baptized? As if he's saying, you want to be a fireman. You want to impress the girls and get your photo in the newspaper. But how will you react when you're faced with a raging inferno, with a house on fire, and you have to go in? It's not enough to just dream of being a saint, of being a hero. It's not enough to just be ambitious in order to succeed. In school, you have to work hard, and people say, no pain, no gain. And Christian life is kind of the same. If you want to be, you can be a great saint. But you will have to drink the cup that Jesus drank and be baptized with the baptism with which Jesus was baptized. What is that baptism? Jesus was baptized when he was crucified on the cross. It's the baptism of suffering. All of us have suffering in our lives. Nobody escapes suffering in some way or another. But have you noticed how much people today are all running around trying to avoid suffering all the time? Buddhism is currently really popular because, because it presents itself as a kind of philosophy that's going to help you escape from suffering. And, and so people go crazy and, and lots of people want to become 
become Buddhists for that reason. But if you're always trying to avoid suffering, you will never be a saint. You will never be a hero. If you're really always trying to avoid suffering, you won't even get to heaven. Because suffering is what God chose as the way of saving us. Since Jesus died on the cross, suffering has become this incredible possibility that we have of showing love. To show love for God by counting on him in our sufferings. To show love for others, even when it hurts. Because someone who has never suffered has never loved. You haven't really loved someone until you've suffered for them. Love sounds nice on paper, right? Everybody likes love, the word love. If you preach a homily about love, everyone's happy every time. But in reality, love is painful. It means forgiving. It means being patient. It means making sacrifices. It means even taking risks. Just like blessed Pierre Giorgio, who took that risk when he visited someone with a contagious disease. It means becoming a servant for others, out of love doing unpleasant jobs, giving your life through the little things that show others that you love them, that show them that God loves them, and that show God that you love him. But once again, this is possible. You don't have to be strong to achieve this. That's what we heard in the second reading today. That Jesus, our high priest, the one who lived this baptism, who drank this cup, felt our weaknesses with us. It says in the letter to the Hebrews, it is, as, it is not as if we had a high priest who is incapable of feeling our weaknesses with us. Even if you're weak, you can become a hero by counting on God's grace, by accepting the sufferings he wants you to accept, and by offering your life with love.